It's a greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And uh, where it says life there, it's not talking about physical life, because most time when people read that, they think the cross. Jesus going to the cross and dying physically. But that word life there is, is suke, which is really your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the most important aspect of that is your will. And so it really is saying that greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down what he wants to do for the benefit of his friends. Uh, and if you think about, you know, Jesus was in heaven, in glory, in the presence of God the Father for all eternity, having been there forever. A and uh, he chose to lay all that aside and come down into a physical body that was completely constrained into where it could be at any given time, that it had to be fed, had to be clothed, had to be taken care of, had to be rested, uh, and completely constrained. And then, and then not only that, he laid aside his own ability to do things so that he came to the earth with no inherent ability to do any miracles or signs or wonders. Uh, he had to, to depend upon the Spirit of God uh, to, uh, to produce any miracles in the earth. And the Bible says that, that, that that's the greatest love. That if, if, uh, if, if there's something that you want to do, but your friend needs you to do something different, that you're willing to lay down what, you, what you're planning on doing to benefit somebody else. And Jesus said that's, that's the top of the heap of love, right? Now, sometimes we think, well, I want to make potato salad. You know, I want to do this or, you know, I'll do that. And sometimes, you know, it's easy for us to walk in love as long as it's things that we want to do, right? Uh, you know, well, if I'm not busy, I'll come help you. You know, well, that's, that's love. But greater love is, well, I'm busy, but I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing, and then I'm going to come help you. See, that's greater love, right? Uh, and uh, because he said, that laid, laid down what he wants to do for the benefit of his friends. And Jesus said uh, that that's the greatest love. And, of course, Jesus had the most to lay down because what did he have to begin with? Well, everything, right? He walked on streets of gold uh, in glory, and he laid all that aside uh, for the benefit of his friends, and he calls us his friends, right? Uh, and so it's just you really have to meditate on this verse to see how big uh, the goodness of God is, to see how big the love of God is for us that he would do that on our behalf because of course he didn't have to do it right he could have just let mankind just self-destruct and, and uh, just have adam 2.0 at the end of it i guess you know and and uh, have a whole new uh line of, of mankind but he chose not to do that he chose to help us to to change our the course in our path and to provide us with a hope and a plan that hey if you, if you follow this plan there's only goodness and mercy available to you that's uh, and that's a pretty good deal amen so I just want to encourage you on that particular verse. Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus uh, laid down his life for all of humanity. Uh, and, uh, and, and there can't be any greater love than that because, uh, you know, on the cross, they were spitting on him and they were beating him. And, uh, and, and the very people that struck him, every blow that they struck him, you know, the, the stripes on his back and the Bible says that he was marred more than any man, so he didn't even look like a human being. A every blow that he took, uh, you know, his thoughts are, you know, uh, that blow that you just gave me is really for you. Uh, and, and um, uh, you know, you can't, even, you can't even imagine it, right, to, to do that because uh, most of us would uh, want to rise up and, and defend ourselves, right, in such a situation. Uh, of course, we're not called to be... Uh, a uh, sacrifice because that sacrificial that sacrificial work was already done by the Lord Jesus. So, uh, so I just want to encourage you about that. That's just a, a great verse there. Uh, and then uh, also, I was going to let you know too that uh, uh, Jerry's not here today. He's uh, he's in Cookville, uh, and uh, Leanne, his oldest daughter, was taken to the hospital the other day. And they weren't sure what was uh, wrong with her. They they had uh, thought maybe she had had a stroke. Uh, she was having some severe physical symptoms uh, and they ruled that out and so they think it might be meningitis which is a uh, an infection uh, but it can affect uh, your nervous system and and have the appearance of a stroke so they're trying to get that under control uh, she's in the hospital right now so uh, be praying for for uh, miss leanne uh, is her name uh, it's jerry's oldest daughter and be praying for jerry too because you know uh, when children suffer it's uh the parents, you know, uh, suffer along with it. Amen. Uh, just just like, uh, you know, the Lord is not pleased when he sees any of his children suffer. 
Uh, and so uh, be praying for Mr. Jerry and for Leanne and um, uh, and then also uh, Tom Flight had some surgery this week and uh, all of that went well and uh, he's at home recovering right now. So be, uh, so be praying for Mr. Tom for um, um, for a speedy recovery. Amen. Uh, and uh, any other prayer announcements that we've got, Chris, that you know of? Uh, I didn't write anything else down there, but uh, uh, I know uh, uh, Bo uh, Booth is on the prayer list. He's been on there for a while, so be praying for Bo. Um, uh, he's up on the mountain right now, I guess. So um, who's who spent the night with him last night? Was it Jeanette? Well, Jeanette was the other night, Friday night, right? So Freddie. So um, and so. Um, all right, I think that's all the announcements we've got. So why don't we stand and greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get into praise and worship. It's a beautiful name, Father. You paid a great price, Father, to obtain that name. Father, the cost was infinite. The cost was beyond measure, Father. And you chose to pay it, Father. You didn't care what the cost was, Father. The cost didn't matter to you. You were willing to pay whatever the price was, Father that would bring freedom to your people and freedom to the earth, Father. So, Father, we stand before you free because a great price was paid for our redemption. A great price was paid, Father, to purchase us out of prison, to purchase us out of slavery, to purchase us out of a future doomed of death. Father, we stand free. Thank you, Father. Because of the beautiful name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for that wonderful name, the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you honor and praise and adoration for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Praise good. Is the Lord good? Yes, yes, yes. He's good all the time. Amen. We appreciate His goodness and kindness. Welcome to all of our Facebook friends in the world there and Vimeo friends. And welcome to Easter Sunday. Amen. And so uh, we thank the Lord for... Uh, doing the work necessary to uh, bring freedom to his people, amen, and to expand uh, the list of who his people are, amen. You know, the, uh, uh, the salvation, Jesus said in John chapter 4, that salvation is, is of the Jews, and prior to the cross, you had to go and sign up to be a Jew, basically. I mean, you could, you know, of course, if you were born into it, it was okay. And some people, on occasion, it was rare, but on occasion, they would come into the nation of Israel and said, we want to join with your nation and be part of the Jewish nation. And they said, well, if you do these things, you know, hold your mouth just right and shift your weight, bend your knee and say three Hail Marys or something, you know, we'll let you in. They probably didn't say Hail Marys in Jewish nation, though, did they? But, um, uh, and so uh, you could get in, but it was kind of difficult. You know, it had to be circumcised and then follow all the laws of, of uh, uh, sacrifice and all the commandments, and so uh, Jesus opened the door up for everybody, amen? Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, John, chapter 19. We'll get started there today. Uh, John, chapter 19, of course, Jesus is here, uh, just been with Pilate, and um, uh, had a conversation with Pilate, and Jesus, you know, uh, it said there, just real quick, in, in verse 9, uh, and went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? Whence art thou? Or where did you come from? But Jesus gave him, Pilate, you know, the one with authority, no answer. And, you know, Jesus was just never under pressure. The thing I love about Jesus, you know, I watched not only what he says, but how he operates. And Jesus was just never under pressure. You know, a lot of times people would get under pressure and they start arguing their case and start doing this and that. And, and Jesus was just, he was just never under pressure. And so... 
you know, he could have got out of it. He could have made the case to get out of it. And because Pilate was already on his side, Pilate was like, I don't, there's no reason why this man should be crucified. And of course, Pilate's wife said, you know, don't do that. Uh, and of course, he did it anyway, because the people stirred up and, you know, the, the, the leadership at that time was fairly weak. You know, they had to keep the, the rabble quiet and calm and at peace because if they didn't, then, then their boss would come down on them. You know, why aren't you keeping the peace in your area? Uh, and so, you know, they were fairly weak, uh, weak leaders there at the time. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, Jesus ended up on the cross, right? And, and so uh, he's on the cross and he was there for a few hours. And, uh, and um, we know all the details about the cross. But the, a really important uh, part of the cross was here down in verse uh, 30 of John chapter 19. It says, and when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And if you remember way back in John chapter five, Jesus said that uh, he said, I lay down my life uh, by my choice and I pick it up by my choice. He said, this commandment have I received from my father. And so uh, when when he gave up the ghost, it was on his timing. He knew how long he needed to be on the cross. He wasn't planning on staying a minute longer. Amen. But he wasn't planning on cutting it a minute short either. So however long this was, it was sufficient to get the job done. Uh, but he said, it, it is finished. And, and this is really the pivotal point of all history, of all humanity. It was, it is finished right here. That Jesus was on the cross and he, and he made uh, this great statement. Of course, earlier he'd said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, but it wasn't finished at that point in time. Uh, but after that occurred, after God the Father forsook the Lord Jesus, and he did because Jesus said that. Uh, you know, I talked to somebody one time, and they said, well, you know, God didn't actually forsake Jesus, you know. And I said, well, he's, but he said that. Well, we, I, we know he said it, but, you know, he was just quoting what the Old Testament said. Well, I know he quoted what the Old Testament said, but he quoted it what the Old Testament said because it was a prophecy of what God the Father would do, that God the Father would forsake Jesus. Uh, well, we know he said it, but he didn't really mean it, you know, because God didn't actually forsake him. So, so he was lying on the cross because if he's lying on the cross, he wasn't going to get off the cross, right? Because the only way he could get off the cross if he was innocent. Uh, and, and well, no, he wasn't lying. He just didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, sometimes doubt and unbelief doesn't make any sense, right? You can't really, uh, you can't, uh, you can't have any kind of logical conversation with people who think that way, right? No, did God the Father forsake Jesus on the cross? He did, right? He turned his back on Jesus. And Jesus, uh, the Bible says that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. Amen. So did he sin at all? No, he didn't sin. But he did take all the sins upon himself and, and looked like a sinner. Uh, and, and so uh, so at this point, he said, it's finished. So this, this part, this point is really the beginning of humanity's uh, improvement. Because up to this point, Humanity has really just been going downhill for centuries. Uh, and this is the first glimmer of hope that humanity has got, that uh, things can change. Up to this point, humanity, which is doomed to uh, their own failures and faults and centuries of, of walking away from the Lord and, uh, and all the death and destruction and, and the, the, the uh, difficulties they were experiencing, finally there's some hope when Jesus said, it's finished. Uh, and uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about what all was finished, but uh, the, uh, just to read a, a few different translations about when Jesus said it's finished. Uh, one of them said that it's accomplished. One said, uh, I have finished it. One said, it's done complete. All is finished. Uh, one said, paid in full. Uh, and um, one of them, because uh, uh, this fellow is real wordy, he said, it's been completed and perfected, accomplished and executed, carried out and fulfilled, performed and established, achieved and concluded, ended and finished, in its aim, goal, and purpose. So he didn't know what to say, so he just said everything. Uh, and so uh, uh, one translation says, it has been finished and stands complete. Uh, and it says, and he bowed his head and delivered up the spirit. So he, he chose when he was going to deliver up the spirit. So, you know, uh, uh, in, in our, uh, even, uh, you know, today is April the 4th, uh, 2021. And the reason why it's 2021, because year zero was when Jesus was on the earth. And they measure all of humanity from the time of Jesus. Now, 
you know, heathens hate that. Uh, of course, who's going to change the calendar, right? You know, so they can't change it. So, you know, they call it B.C. and A.D. And B.C. stands for before Christ. And, and um, A.D. is a Latin word, uh, which means the year of our Lord. Uh, and so, uh, but they still, they, they still hate it, right? Because uh, uh, every time they say, you know, 500 B.C., that means before Christ. And so they have to write those initials. And so they, of course, the heathens come up with a, another acronym, BCE, because, you know, they hate writing BC. And so they, they uh, try to get out of it. But, uh, you know, the three people in the world who use that, you know, nobody else cares about it. Everybody else does BC uh, and AD because uh, this is the pivotal point of it is finished of humanity right here. Uh, this is where we have an opportunity to actually survive this earth. Amen. Uh, and to not just survive, but also to prosper. Uh, but when he said it's finished, you know, uh, I mean, we could spend, I imagine we could spend days and months talking about all the things that finished uh, on the cross. And we're, so we're not going to go all of them. But, if you, you know, uh, the thing about the, the Lord Jesus is if, if anybody with uh, any intelligence would go back and read the prophecies of the coming Messiah, uh, and there's dozens of them, maybe hundreds of them. I don't know. I haven't read them all. Uh, but uh, uh, if they would go back and research the Old Testament of all the things that the Old Testament said that uh, Jesus would accomplish, you'd have to be a Christian because there's no way, number one, that you could get all these different writers. You know, Moses wrote part of the Old Testament, and then all the prophets wrote part of the Old Testament. David wrote part of the Old Testament. Solomon wrote part of the Old Testament. The 12 minor prophets, you know, wrote part of the Old Testament. And I'm sure when they get to heaven, they say, well, you know, you call me minor, but how many books have you got with your name on it, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, maybe they won't have an attitude about it, but uh, uh, they, you know, they all wrote about the Lord Jesus coming uh, over centuries. Uh, here's all the things he's going to do. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going to come out of Egypt. He's going to, you know, and, and if you looked at him from the circus standpoint, there's no way you could put all these things together and somebody could do all these things because how could he be born in Bethlehem but come out of Egypt at the same time? Right? And of course, we know the story that uh, that Joseph and Mary went over to Egypt for a period of time uh, and um, and then came back by the direction of the spirit of God. So uh, and there's been a lot of skeptics over the years. So, you know, I'm going to go and read the Bible and prove that Jesus didn't exist. And many times, you know, there was a fellow by the name of Josh McDowell many years ago. Uh, I think uh, he wrote a book called uh, Evidence That Demands a, a Verdict. Uh, and he was going to prove that Jesus didn't exist. So he read you know, the prophecies, and he read uh, historical accounts of what happened at that point in time. Uh, and, and his conclusion as, a, um, as an atheist was Jesus actually did exist. And he became a Christian and became a, you know, well-known author after that because of, uh, uh, of the research that he did. Uh, and all, these, all of these prophecies were completed here on the cross. Uh, and so when he said that it's finished, uh, he fulfilled all the scriptures about the suffering of Christ. You know, uh, Psalm 22 talks about the suffering of Christ. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, that, he, that his visage would be marred or his face would be marred more than any other man. Uh, and they think, you know, that, what does that even mean? And then here they are, they beat him nearly to death, right? To the point that he had to have somebody um, carry his cross up the hill for him. Uh, and so uh, all of those scriptures, and, and, and so... You know, it would be, if you're a skeptic of, well, whether Jesus came to the earth or not, go and read the Old Testament. Go and find all the prophecies of, of the coming of the, of the Messiah and how Jesus fulfilled them. And, and you, there's no way, there's just no way any human being could orchestrate that kind of, of a life and plan uh, without it actually uh, being the Lord Jesus himself and doing it all himself. Uh, and so, of course, that, that was a big thing. But that's really just... That's just kind of table stakes. That's just the part that just proves, you know, to the skeptics that he came. But that wasn't his goal. His goal wasn't to prove to anybody that he was coming because he doesn't really care if you believe he's coming or not. He's coming. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, uh, but then, and, and there's all kinds of lists of these things here. Uh, it's interesting. One, of a, one person put uh, the defeat of Satan was one of the items that was finished on the cross. And that's not 100% true because uh, what happened after Jesus was on the cross? What happens when it says he gave, up his, uh, he gave up the ghost? Where did Jesus go? Where did his spirit go? Do we know? He went down to hell, right, for 
for, for three days, right? Now, is he in hell today? He's not in hell today, right? Uh, and some people think that's blasphemy to say Jesus went to hell. And like, well, he didn't go because he was a sinner. He went because there's a criminal element called the devil that took him to hell. Uh, and Jesus had the appearance of a sinner because he took all the sins upon him. And he did it really as a spy, you know, to get to go in there, you know, in essence, as uh, someone who was not a sinner, but uh, was treated as a sinner to, uh, to go and cause the devil to violate his authority. And that's, that's uh, I mean, that's a whole discussion. We've talked about that many times. Uh, so the defeat of Satan really wasn't 100% complete um, at the cross. In fact, I mean, uh, is death from God? Death is not from God, so death is an enemy. And so um, he didn't win over death by dying. You know, he, he yielded to death by dying. That's so, you know, I don't know how that's really uh, a defeat of Satan by dying. It's a defeat of Satan of dying when you get resurrected. That defeats death, right? Uh, and so, so that's not 100% true uh, there because um, uh, really the resurrection was necessary to be finished before he actually completed his defeat of the devil. Uh, in fact, uh, we're going to talk just a, a little bit about the things finished on the cross, but then we've got to talk about the things that were finished after the resurrection because the things that were finished after the resurrection are really important, right? We can't, we can't uh, get by without those. Uh, and so and you remember when he was on the cross that the, the veil in the temple, uh, you know, it was like 40 feet tall. It, it split in two, right? Uh, which means that he broke that, that, that uh, separation. Uh, it represents a lot of things, but one of the things it represents is the separation between the Jews and the Gentiles uh, and the separation between God and man. Uh, and so, you know, there is really uh, no, no need for a, a Jewish entity in a sense that... Uh, uh, every Jewish person needs to accept the Lord Jesus, right? Uh, and they become Christians. Now, they can be Jew by birth, but as far as their relationship with the Lord goes, they need to be Christians, uh, and, that's, and that's the way the Lord sees it. Now, he still has plans for Israel, and, and we're not going get to get away from those plans, uh, but uh, it was always the Lord's intention that there wasn't a Jewish nation separate from all the other nations. It was always the Lord's plan that all nations could come to him. Uh, and let's turn over to uh, Colossians Chapter 1. Then we're just going to skip some of these notes because we could be here for we could be here for a long time just trying to get through all of these things here. But um, one of the greatest things that uh, the cross accomplished here was uh, it, it says here in Colossians chapter 1. In verse 20, it says, and having made peace through the blood of his cross. Uh, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they, things, they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies uh, in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled uh, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. So one of the greatest things that, uh, and just, uh, you don't have to turn over there, but in, in Romans 5, 1, it says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the greatest things that was accomplished on the cross was now the mankind, all of mankind has peace with God. And that includes the heathens, right? There, there's, no, there's no outstanding wrath that the Lord wants to pour on the heathens because he's paid for it. Uh, uh, on the cross. And so he's, the whole earth has been reconciled to God. Now, they still have to accept the work of that. And if they don't, then, then there'll be uh, consequences in the future. But is God going to go back to the cross anymore to cover the sins of the world? He's not going to go back to the cross anymore. So there, there's no outstanding debt that needs to be paid uh, by the world. Uh, and, and of course, uh, we're there in Colossians 1, just up there in verse 14, it says, in whom... We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So one of the greatest things on the cross that was taken care of was because of the blood was shed. That blood was the cost, the payment for the sins of the world. Uh, and, and that was finished. Jesus said, it's finished. Then that's the last drop of blood that, that fell from him on the cross. And he knew that that right there is sufficient to cover all the sins of humanity up to that point in time. All the sins of humanity that were being executed while they were on earth, while he was there. And all the sins that humanity would 
would uh, do all the days after the cross. So we're 2,000 years past the cross. Uh, was the blood of Jesus sufficient on the cross to cover a sin that happened yesterday? Well, sure it was. And you've got to think about that. I mean, that's a, such a big thing. You know, how would you know that? Well, only God would know that. Only God would know how many sins that will ever be accomplished for the duration of mankind on the earth uh, and add it all up and figure out what the cost of the, the pay for all those sins because, you know, and we talked a lot about sin uh, on Sunday mornings about sin requires judgment. And uh, he figured out what the cost of that judgment would be. And he paid for that. So, uh, you know, and only Jesus could do it. He was the only one qualified to pay for uh, the blood, uh, for his blood to be worth enough to pay for all the sins of the world. Uh, and so, uh, and that was a big deal, right? Uh, now, uh, every human being on the earth, there's no roadblock between them and God. If they want to accept the Lord Jesus, they could just walk up and say, I want to accept the Lord Jesus. They don't have to have to. In fact, you know, we talk about the sinner's prayer. But uh, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, you know, where it talks about that, if you confess with your mouth, uh, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raises him from the dead, you'd be saved. There's no there's no uh, recognition of or admission of the sins that you'd committed up to that point in time. So, uh, because first of all, what did you do five years ago on a Thursday night? Do you remember that? Do you, do you, are, were you going to be able to remember what you did so that you can repent of that particular sin and ask forgiveness for that sin? There's no way. So, uh, the sinner's prayer does not, it does not include uh, confessing your sins. It, can, it includes confessing the Lord Jesus as your Lord. So, uh, because all the sins have been paid for. But unless you receive the work of the Lord Jesus, and that's why you've got to believe that God raised him from the dead, you don't get access to that benefit. So it's a benefit available to all mankind. Right now, every single man, woman, and child, there's no conflict between them and God. All right, we have peace with God. That's what he says, right? That we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord Jesus paid for the peace for all mankind to be at peace with God. And, and that was completed on the cross. When Jesus finished the last drop of blood that was sufficient to pay for that, then immediately there was no conflict between God and man. Now, mankind often has conflict with God. They'll shake his fist at God. You know, God, we hate you, whatever. You know, God's like, whatever, grow up. You know, I've already paid for that sin. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you go up, preach the gospel and say, you know, there's nothing you've got to do to, to uh, be born again other than just accept him, right? You don't have to, Repent of a sin. You don't have to confess a sin. You don't have to make a payment for the sin. All that's done. Done on a cross, right? Jesus said, it's finished. Uh, and, it, and how long was it finished for? Forever, right? Uh, and, we, and, you know, even in the church, we try to drag up old sins. You know, you've got to repent of that sin. You know, you've got you to pay for that sin. Uh, and so uh, it's finished, amen? Uh, and even the sins that, that, uh, that you commit today have been paid for, Amen. Now, you need to receive the forgiveness of that just like you did as, as, a, as a heathen person. Uh, but uh, it's slightly different for the church, and, and we've covered all that before. Uh, but that's a big deal, right? When Jesus said it's finished. That was a big deal. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we're there in Colossians over in 1 Peter. Uh, it's, and we know this verse here. Uh, I think by law you have to know it if, if uh, you know anything about the church here. Uh, in First Peter chapter two, it says in verse twenty-four, "Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness." By whose what stripes you were healed? So when did he pay for the stripes for healing? On the cross, really. I mean, really, prior to that, right? Is he was beaten before he was uh, uh, put up on the cross, but uh, that that work. And all those stripes there, when Jesus said it's finished, one of the things he was finished was the payment for your healing is done. So he doesn't have to take any more stripes. Uh, did he take enough stripes to cover all the sickness in the earth? Well, I mean, who calculates that? I mean, that'd be a big spreadsheet, right? I don't know how you calculate that. How many stripes for cancer? How many stripes for a sniffle? How many stripes for rheumatoid arthritis? How many stripes for, you know, the flu or COVID-19 or any other sickness or disease? Uh, who figures that out? Well, God, he's pretty smart, right? He can figure that stuff out. So when he said it's finished, then the, the payment for healing for everybody in the earth was done. 
So, so now all we have to do is believe that and we can obtain healing. Now, now of course, if you don't believe it, then uh, although the promise is there, like any promise, if you choose not to believe it, then you don't have access to the value of that promise, which doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't believe in healing. So Jesus didn't go to the cross. I mean, Jesus didn't get, I mean, he wasn't beaten at all. I mean, you've seen the movie, right? You know, I know the movie's just a movie, but uh, wasn't Jesus beaten? You know, you know, why was he beaten? Well, because they were, they were being mean to him. They hated him. That's not why. Because if he didn't want to be beaten, he'd have walked right through it. He got beaten because he wanted to pay for your healing. Amen. Uh, and so uh, it, was, uh, 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 it was important for him to choose to allow them to beat him. Uh, I mean, and they were so disrespectful to him, right? They hit him in the face, punch him in the face and, you know, put the crown of thorns on him and then beat him with, with the, 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 I think they call it the cat of nine tails, right? Uh, and, and it was intended to, to rip flesh off his, off his uh, body. But he did that by choice because before that, could they ever lay a hand on him? Uh, they tried to stone him. He walked through the midst of him. They tried to throw him over a cliff. He walked through the midst of him, right? Um, so he... he and I don't know why people say, well, I don't believe in healing. I mean, it's, it literally says right here why he was beaten. Uh, and this is a prophesied from Isaiah 53. Talks about it in Matthew 8, 17. He, he reiterates it right here in uh, 1 Peter. So you're, all of your healing for every sickness, I mean, the smallest thing to the biggest thing, right? Well, it's only for big things. Who decides that it's only for big things? Does it say it's only for big things? It's only for, you know, terminal cancer. What if it's not terminal cancer? Nope, you're going to suffer that, you know. Uh, it's only for big things. Well, you know, migraines, well, maybe migraines. Well, I just had a small headache. Nope, got to be a migraine. Well, who decides this? Nobody decides that. Jesus said it's for everything, right? Uh, and, and so when he said it's finished, it's done. No more work needs to be done for healing. It's done. So you were healed technically at the cross. Amen? You were healed when you received the manifestation, you were healed at the cross, just like you were forgiven at the cross. Jesus doesn't go, when, you, when, you, when a sinner decides to receive Jesus, you know, hang on, I got to go back to the cross, shed some blood, I'll be right back. Don't move, I'll be right back. Uh, he, he doesn't do that, does he? And when you need healing, he doesn't say, well, no, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, and if you need healing, he doesn't go, you know, I didn't really think about that one. Sorry, didn't cover that one on the cross. So you have to suffer with that one yourself. Other, the other ones over there, yeah, I got that covered, but... You know, COVID-19 showed up in, in 2019. So, you know, I didn't really know it was going to be here. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, you got to suffer COVID-19 and, and um, not cover it. Now, is that true? No, he, he covered how many sicknesses and diseases? All of them, right? And where did he do it? On the cross, right? So when he said it's finished, then you're good. I mean, you know, you think about how free the church could be if they were free from sickness and disease all the time, every day. All the days of their life until they breathe their last breath. Wouldn't that be wonderful, right? Uh, and really, it just goes back to, do you believe that Jesus went to the cross? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, most of the church, uh, the first part of the verse, who his own self bear sins in his own body. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, where did he do it? On the cross. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, why did he do it? So we can be righteous. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's. Uh, what about the rest of the verse? Oh, we don't like the rest of the verse. But it's the same verse. Yeah, I know. But, you know, that by his stripes part, you know, that, that can't be right. Well, then the first part can't be right. I mean, it's either right or not right. You know, either all of it's right or it's not right. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I didn't have the, the uh, disadvantage of growing up, growing up in a uh, first church of doubt and unbelief. I didn't grow up in church at all. So I didn't know that people didn't believe these things. And I, I got born again in a word church. So they just said, Jesus is a healer. Okay. I mean, yeah, makes sense to me because if he does all these other things, I mean, is he a good God? Well, wouldn't he just kind of do everything? Now, you ever had somebody do work for you and they just do a halfway job? You know, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many contractors they do the work and they go, hey, yeah, sorry to get the rest of that painting done. You know, can you finish it up for me? I thought I paid you for that, right? I mean, wouldn't it be, and it's disappointing, isn't it? You're going to think they didn't clean up for themselves or, you know, they forgot to do this or forgot to do that. And it's like, you know, really? Come on, guys. Uh, do, you, do the job. Uh, and, and why would Jesus go to all that trouble, spend thousands of years, uh, plan everything out and go, you know, the healing stuff. It just, I, I just ran out of time. Sorry. Just ran out of, ran out of energy. I just couldn't do it. No. Did he take care of it? He did. Right. So when he said it's finished, anything else necessary for your healing, then, then you're good, right? You're good for healing. 
Uh, and so, and we could go on, like I said, a lot, a lot of uh, uh, time talking about all the things accomplished on the cross, right? When he said, it's finished. Uh, you know, one aspect is really, uh, and, and I'm not, you know, I know some people say this, and I'm not 100% sure that this is even right, but a lot of times people say that Abraham's covenant was finished on a cross, and now we have the new covenant, right? Uh, I know we have, we, we have, a, uh, we have a, a, a new covenant, right, that's according to Hebrews chapter 8, uh, a better covenant based upon better promises. So we do have a new covenant, but that doesn't mean we do away with the blessings of Abraham's covenant, right? Because if we have a better covenant, then you ought to be able to go and look at the previous covenant and say, well, what features did that covenant have? Didn't he say, I bless you coming in, bless you going out, right? Didn't he say that uh, I would uh, bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you? And didn't the Lord say he'd take care of Abraham everywhere? The social feet shall tread upon shall be yours. So we ought to be able to look at the blessings of Abraham and his covenant and say, well, then if we got a better covenant, it should at least have that, right? You know, when you get a, uh, the, your boss comes in and says, you're getting a promotion. Oh, I get better pay? No, you would cut your pay in half. Oh, I get more vacation? No, you, you don't have any vacation now. Uh, well, what about uh, health care? Is it, uh, everything covered now? Oh, no, you've got to cover it all yourself. You say, well, why is it better? Because we said it's better. That didn't make any sense, right? It'd be like, well, I don't want my promotion, right? I'd rather stay exactly where I'm at. Uh, no, if it's, a better, if it's a better job, then it would have everything your previous job had that was good, but better, right? More vacation, more pay, more whatever, right? Uh, that, that's what a normal person would think. But sometimes in a church, we, we lose all intelligence when we walk in that door and we go, it's better because now we don't have healing. It's better because now, you know, you're on your own. Before, God would do things for you, but now you're on your own. Well, how is that better? You know, does it make any sense that it's better? No, it doesn't make any sense it's better. But it is better. But uh, if we have... Uh, a new covenant and, and it's and it, and you know technically that was the the end of the Abrahamic covenant uh, and or uh, and the beginning of the new covenant right uh, when Jesus paid for everything for all the so so no more no more need for uh, sacrificial systems right murdering mammals and shedding blood like that all that was done with and so uh, we we thank God for that so uh, but w- there were some things that were finished only after the resurrection. That Jesus had to die, go to, go to hell for three days and three nights, uh, and then be resurrected. Uh, and uh, let, let's turn over to Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to have to put on my um, auctioneer's voice here pretty soon and just, and just start picking it up because we've got to get through all this, right? Uh, and so Jesus said here, in Matthew 28, 18, he said, Jesus came and spoke to the missus after the resurrection and said, all power or authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he didn't get that till after he spent three days and three nights in hell, right? And we, and we know the story. We've talked about it many times that the authority of all of the earth was, was under, the, all of the earth was under the authority of, of Satan until the resurrection. So on the cross, Jesus was still defeated, so the, the devil took authority of Jesus, even though he didn't have legal authority, but he took authority of Jesus to take him into hell, into the place of the damned, into the place of torment, and tormented him for three days and three nights uh, with the authority that he had on the earth. So he, the, the devil still had the authority in the earth at the end of the cross. And so Jesus went down in, into hell for three days and three nights. And then... Uh, uh, that's what allowed him to retrieve the authority back, right? Because the devil uh, exceeded his authority by, by punishing somebody who was innocent. Was Jesus innocent? He was, right? That was the whole game plan. That was the whole uh, coup that Jesus committed there by overthrowing the power of, of Satan by getting him to exceed the authority that he had. Because if it was a human being, me or you, and we died and went to hell, then the devil's legally authorized to torment us as much as he wants. He's the authority in the earth. He can do whatever he wants to in, in that regards because we, uh, we were uh, guilty of our sin. But Jesus was guilty of no sin, so it was, it was illegal for the devil to take him into hell. But Jesus, just like in Pilate, he didn't say a word. He just let him do it. He didn't say, uh, you know, you're exceeding your authority right here because then the devil would have gotten nervous because 
you know, well, then what's up? There's, there's, there's something up here, right? Uh, but no, the, the, the Lord retrieved the authority back on the earth. Uh, of, he said all authority, right? And that, that, he said all power, that word power there is authority. Uh, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So everywhere on earth, Jesus has authority. So there's nowhere you can go on the earth where there's not the name of Jesus does not have authority. Amen. And then uh, let's go over to Romans chapter 5. And, uh, you know, this is not heresy. You know, some people might think it might be heresy, you know, but we're just reading what the Bible says, right? Uh, it says here in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So what was completed on the cross? Our reconciliation. Right, that was on the cross, and in other words, that we are restored fully to favor because of the work of the cross. Amen. Uh, but it, although that's great, what's the rest of the verse say though? Uh, much more, being reconciled or restored fully to favor, we shall be saved by His what? By His life. So when Jesus was resurrected, then that completed the work for our salvation. Now the payment for our sins was finished on the cross, but we, we couldn't receive salvation yet until he had the authority to offer that to the whole world uh, by retrieving the authority from, from uh, the enemy of mankind. Uh, and so our salvation was really technically completed at the resurrection. Our, the authority and the right for us to be saved and become Christians was completed at the resurrection. The, sins, the work for the sins was completed at the cross. But that wasn't all the work, right? There was still some more work to be done. Uh, and then let's turn over to Galatians chapter 3. Um, and, um, uh, and we may just have to start reading these, and you just have to write these notes down. Galatians chapter 3, he said in uh, verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So all the curses of the law, Right, it's in, there's a good summary of them. It's not all of them, but a good summary of them in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Cursed shall you be in the city, cursed shall you be in the country if you don't do all the things I told you to, to do. Uh, when, when was that uh, uh, redemption from that curse completed? It says right there, right? That when he was on the cross, right? So all the curses of the law. So if you go in the Old Testament and look up to that, that uh, the only time you get sickness and disease is when you're under the curse. That if you're, uh, if you do what the Lord says according to Deuteronomy 28, then you get none of the sickness and diseases. But if you if you go under the curse of the law, then you get all the sickness and diseases. So that should tell you that sickness is of the curse, right? Sickness is of, of the devil. It's not of God. Uh, God's not making you sick, despite what some people say, right, Jared? That uh, people say, well, God made me sick. You know, God, you know, allowed me to suffer this way. You know, to teach me something. And no. He could just send you an email, right? You can learn the same thing, can't you? You don't have to be sick to learn something. Uh, and so, I mean, we don't, you know, we don't teach our children uh, in school and go to math class and they break someone's leg. Well, just want to teach you that, you know, two plus two is four, right? I mean, that's dumb. I mean, we don't, we don't do things like that. Uh, but uh, so our, the redemption from the curse of the law was completed on the cross. But see, that wasn't the end game. The end game of everything was verse 14. Verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, so Jesus needed to offer salvation to the whole world. But you remember there in, in Matthew chapter 15, when the Syrophoenician woman came to him, he said, I am sent but to who? To the lost sheep of the house of who? Of Israel, right? So before the cross, he, was only, he only had authority in Israel because that was the covenant that he had with a, a small group of people in the world was in the nation of Israel. And so he needed to expand that the, to the entire world, but he couldn't do that until he, ha, until he retrieved the authority of the whole earth. Now he's got the authority and go anywhere he wants to. and go, hey, you want salvation? You want salvation? You want salvation? He can go to, he's not limited to Israel. But he couldn't do that until after the resurrection. So the goal was to get the Spirit of God into everybody's life. But he couldn't do that until after the resurrection. The cross wasn't sufficient, right? And we're not diminishing the cross. You know, oh, you, you know we're not. We're just reading what the Bible says, right? That it says that uh, we, we receive the spirit uh, of uh, the promise of the spirit through faith. Uh, and in Romans 5.10, it says that much more we shall be saved by his life. Amen. So uh, not diminishing the cross. Everything has a part to play. Amen. Uh, and so 
in John chapter 7. So you're going to start writing some of these things down, right? Uh, because uh, we're on page uh, 3 of 8 in my notes, right? <laughs> we're, we're just, we'll just skip a few parts here and there, right? Uh, but in, um, uh, in John chapter 7, these, these are important verses. He said in verse 37, uh, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which, he, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet what? Glorified. Notice I didn't say that Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. It, uh, the Spirit came after Jesus was glorified. Now this becomes a, a kind of an important deal here. So uh, the Spirit of God couldn't come until after Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, it, it, the Spirit of God did not come while Jesus was on the cross, did he? He came. In fact, he, he came for the whole earth 50 days after uh, Pentecost or 50 days after uh, the uh, um, the cross there. Uh, really, Passover, right? Uh, and so uh, in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying and says, And now, O Father, glorify thou, with, uh, the, glorify thou me with thine own self, uh, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Uh, and so uh, Jesus uh, had glory before he was on the earth, right? Uh, then when he was on the earth, he was just Jesus. And then he, he asked the Father to glorify him uh, with the glory that he had before the world was. So there was a period of time where Jesus didn't have the same glory, right? He set all that aside to come to the earth. Uh, and so... So, uh, and, and, well, we're going to skip some of those verses there. Um, and then, uh, and, and these, let's see, uh, in, verse, in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, he says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. So Jesus was raised from the dead, right? He was, he was resurrected by the glory of the Father. And what was the glory of the Father? Well, it says in Romans 8, 11, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. So the glory of the Father is the Spirit of God, right? So anytime you see, like in the Old Testament, and we, may, and we don't have time to read any, we, got a, we could read, a, a, I mean, I've got dozens of verses here about the glory of God. Uh, anytime you read about the glory of God in the Old Testament, it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, we didn't see the distinction uh, of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It kind of just said God or, or the glory of God. But when we get inside from the New Testament, we realize that every time that Shekinah glory was manifested in the Old Testament, it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, so uh, we had read Galatians uh, 3, uh, uh, 13 and 14. Uh, back in Ezekiel chapter 36, uh, it says in verse 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So the, the whole plan, everything about the, the, the cross and the Lord Jesus and the resurrection, Everything was always about one thing and one thing only, to get the Spirit of God, the Spirit of glory into your life. That was the plan of God. That was always the desire of God. And that could be accomplished just at the cross. It had to be accomplished through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so, uh, and that's what Ezekiel is prophesying here. And, and, you know, the scriptures play this out all the way through the Bible, right? Uh, we read that in Galatians uh, chapter 3. Ezekiel prophesied it here. Uh, and... Um, I'm just going to read just a couple of verses about the glory of God. Uh, he said in, in Exodus 29:43, And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the, and, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Uh, he said in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the, of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So who is the glory of the Lord? It's the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, and Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 11, it says, So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. 
For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Well, who's the house of the Lord now? We are. So what do we carry? We carry the glory of God, right? That, and that's really the whole, the whole point of, of, uh, of today is to know that Jesus paid the price to go to the cross, but he also suffered uh, in death for three days and three nights to be raised by the glory of God to then put that same glory into you and me. Uh, and so we are carriers of the glory of God. And what happens with the glory of God? Things happen. People fall down. Uh, earth, you know, the earth shakes. Uh, it says in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 7, verse 2, And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord uh, upon the house, they bowed themselves with their face to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Uh, and so uh, he, he uh, prophesied in um, Isaiah 58 uh, that uh, then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thy health shall spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy, thy rearward. Uh, in other words, thy rear guard. Uh, so the glory of God is there to protect us too. Uh, and he said, uh, another translation says that the glory of the Lord shall be thy, thy rear guard. So all of these things, the, the resurrection wasn't just to have a cool day and be able to uh, hunt Easter eggs. And, and we know that, you know, it's not, we, we don't even uh, emphasize that. It's just entertainment for the children. The whole point of the resurrection is uh, to get the glory of God in you. It wasn't about Jesus. It wasn't about, hey, look what I've done. Uh, it was about now this is done, I want to put my glory in you. I want to put the glory of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, he said in Romans chapter 6, dwells in you, and it will quicken and, and um, make alive your mortal flesh. That same glory. Now, you have to choose to believe that, right? You have to believe that the glory of God lives in me. Right now, everywhere you go, the glory of God is with you. The same Shekinah glory that the people couldn't stand, that people couldn't even enter in. Uh, if they can't enter in, th then uh, uh, how much harm could they do to the temple? None. Uh, and if we could learn as a church to have faith in the glory of God in us, there's so much more we could accomplish in this earth and not be afraid of things and not be fearful and not be, you know, uh, concerned that somebody's going to bring harm to our lives. We just have to stand there and just be like Moses, just stand. And the glory of God, the, the Shekinah glory will be there with us and, and we'll be okay. Amen. That That's what... A, occurred because of the resurrection uh, and then uh, one one last verse here uh, and, and this you know oftentimes we we don't look at this in the same way but i think it fits with with uh, the message here back in numbers chapter 14 he said in verse 21 he said as truly as i live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the lord but that's not just you know us standing out here and going wow look at that glory over there that's not really what it's talking about uh, who is in all the earth? We are. So uh, if we are the carriers of the glory of God and then we're everywhere in the earth, then the earth is filled with the glory of God because we breathe air, because we are carriers of the glory of God. Uh, and, you know, mostly I just I wanted to encourage you all about this to have faith and increase your faith and awareness of the glory of God that lives in you right now. The same glory that raised Jesus from the dead. You know, I would just I would just love and I hope the Lord recorded that because I would love to see the scene of the darkness of hell after three days. And, you know, everybody's mad at Jesus in hell, right? Uh, all the people that, that, that were there are mad at Jesus. All the demonic forces that, uh, that are, are, have been expelled out of heaven are there. And they're all beating up on Jesus. And, and then the, the, the Spirit of God goes down there and just, hey, I'm here. And you flick that light on, I mean, every bug and cockroach going to flee and, and climb under some, some, uh, some furniture because the glory of God raised Jesus from the dead. So he didn't just sneak out of hell. He flicked all the lights on, turned, turned every, every LED light that's ever seen in the world and said, I came here to get Jesus. Uh, and then he said, now I'm going to put that same in you. Now, now you know, if he, if he, he didn't send Michael, the archangel. He didn't send Gabriel. I don't know that they could have done it. You know, just one by themselves. I don't know that they could have done it. Spirit of God shows up because I came to get Jesus. 
and the glory of God raised Jesus from the dead. Then he put that same glory in you. And the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God because we're here. And we can, we can carry that glory into every nook and cranny and be just like the Spirit of God. Well, you can't go, it's there too dark. It's not too dark for the glory of God. There's no place on this earth too dark for the glory of God. He went to the darkest place where there is no light. You know, it's the only place in, in the universe where the, the power of God doesn't shine is in hell. And how he did it, I don't have any idea. But, it's, but he showed up with the glory of God. So there's nowhere on earth nearly as dark as hell. And the glory of God went into hell to get Jesus. So you can go wherever the Lord tells you to go and you're going to be fine. Amen. Uh, and so do we have the glory of God in us? Do we carry the glory of God everywhere we go? So the resurrection power of Jesus was to get the glory of God into the earth, to get the glory of God into you so that you can be carriers of that glory. And you say, I'm here. The power of God is here. The light of, of the gospel is here. What do you need that my God can supply? Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's just thank the Lord for just a minute. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for the glory of God. Father, we thank you that the same glory that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Father, I am a carrier of the glory of God. Every step I take, Father, is a step of glory. Every place I go, Father, I carry the glory of God. Every day I work, Father, in this life, I carry the glory of God with me. Father, every, every shop, every store I go into, Father, I carry the glory of God with me. The whole earth shall be filled with the glory of God because we, the church, are in the whole earth. So, Father, we thank you. We carry the resurrected power, glory of God. The same glory that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me right now, Father. So, Father, I thank you. Father, uh, I thank you that I, I will do, uh, do better, Father, every day to remind myself that I carry the glory of God. Remind myself, Father, that the, the, the glory of God, nothing, all of hell could not withstand the glory of God. And, Father, if they couldn't withstand you then, they can't withstand you today. So, Father, we thank you that we have full rights and privileges in the earth to be carriers of your glory. And, Father, we have faith in it. We choose to believe it, Father. And we choose to thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And we will accomplish God's plan on the earth. The church, Father, will rise up and accomplish your plan and, and desires in the earth by your glory, Father. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that we sense your glory. We know your glory, Father. We believe in the glory of God. And, Father, we give you all privilege, all, all, all praise and honor for these things, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, just like they said in the Old Testament, when they saw your glory, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Father, you are good and your mercy endures forever, Father. You are good, Father. Your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, Father. Thank you, Father, for your glory. We thank you for the glory of God. Thank you, Father. And Father, we just thank you that we will, be we will be reminded by your spirit that we are the carriers of the glory of God. And Father, we give you all praise for these things and all the honor for them, Father. We thank you for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, are you the carriers of the glory of God? You are. Amen. Well, we thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Praise God. Well, we get to receive communion now, and the uh, communion just reminding ourselves more of what the Lord Jesus did for us on the cross. Amen. Uh, and uh, we need to have like communion dessert, right? That reminds us of the glory of God of the resurrection, right? The communion is really focused on on the cross, uh, but uh, you know maybe we can have a cookie or something at the end of that to remind us of the glory of God. You know, at, at the end of that. And so, praise God. Let's get ready to receive uh, the uh, communion today. We thank God for the, uh, for the cross, but you know, there are still a couple of things he had to get done. Amen. A lot of things got done on the cross, but uh, a couple of things he needed to get finished up. Amen. And really, the, he had to button up all the plan of glory on the earth. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we receive communion and then, and then uh, I think we're going to eat after that. Right. And then after that, we'll go and, and uh, hide some eggs for the kids. And then, um, uh, then we'll just let them loose, right? I think there's a plan, right? We'll let the little ones go first, and then, 
And then, because uh, if we let the big ones go first, they'll just trample down all the little ones, right? And, and so, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, after they get done, they can't find everything, then we'll let the adults go through and get all the rest of it, right? So if, you, if you're really wanting something special, you can hide it where the kids never find it, and then you go back up and get it yourself, right? Uh, if you do that, you know, we'll have to tell somebody on you, take away your egg privileges after that. But, praise God. Is the Lord good? Are we the carriers of the glory of God? We are. Amen. And so uh, that, that's a, you know, think about that, that uh, we as created beings have the capacity to carry the glory of God into all the areas of the earth. That's, that's amazing that we have that ability. Amen. And yet he said it's the same glory that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Uh, and so uh, what, do you, what do you think the devil, when he sees a Christian that really knows their position in the Lord, it makes the devil real nervous. Amen. Because he, he remind, he, he's reminded of the last time he saw the glory showed up on his territory was when, when um, the, the devil, when, uh, when the Spirit of God walked into hell and, and picked up the Lord Jesus and took him out. Uh, that makes him really nervous. Amen. And so he, he gets really nervous when, and he tries to tell the church, you don't have any glory. You don't have any power. Uh, you don't have any healing. He's always trying to tell the church that, you know, and sometimes we believe it, don't we? Uh, but uh, if we'll believe what the word says, uh, the whole earth will be filled with his glory. Amen. Well, let's pray and thank the Lord for today's communion. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to receive communion, Father, to remind ourselves what you did for us on the cross. Father, this bread represents every stripe that you took. You, you said your body was broken on our behalf, Father. Every single stripe, Father, that you received prior to going to the cross, you took it by choice, Father. Nobody beats you, Father, uh, without, your, without your choice. You chose to take it. And when you figured out exactly how many was necessary to, to pay for every sickness and disease, then, uh, then you ended it. And that was the, that was, it was over, Father. And you paid for enough stripes, Father, to cover every sickness, disease, malady, ache and pain, every itch, every, every discomfort, Father. It's all been paid for. Uh, even prior to going to the cross. So, Father, we thank you for that. And, Father, we receive this bread by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. And, Father, the precious blood of Jesus. No substance in all the universe is worth more than your precious blood. And, Father, you're so good at math, you figure out exactly the price necessary to pay for all the sins of the whole world. Because every sin has to be paid for. The, the justice of heaven requires all sin to be paid for. And so, Father, you figured out exactly what was necessary. And then you allowed Jesus to come to the earth. He chose to come to the earth to shed this blood, Father. And so by receiving this juice, we just remind ourselves that all of our sins have been paid for by your precious blood. And so we stand before you clean, Father, full of your glory. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. Well, Jared's going to come and receive a little communion cups again. And um, praise God. And then we get to eat here in just a minute, right? So we get to, um, but we're going to receive an offering first here. And then... Um, I've not updated our, our little uh, building fund there in a while, but I think we're uh, at maybe under $10,000 now that we own a building there uh, next door. So uh, we'll get that uh, paid off before too long. And, uh, you know, and I wanted to, to remind the folks on uh, Facebook, you know, uh, if, uh, um, you know, be faithful to your local church, you know, that's fine. Um, and uh, we, we don't try to receive anybody's tithes and offerings, but if they want to, if you want to be involved in um, offerings for the church, there's a, a link to our website there. You can do it all online there. And, um, uh, you know, you can decide that's between you and the Lord. Uh, but, you know, really, uh, the Bible talks about that. Uh, Paul said that I've given you spiritual things. It's not anything to receive natural things from you. And so it's, uh, you know, I always try to be a blessing to ministries if they're a blessing to me. Amen. Uh, and so if you want to do that, you can follow the link there on the uh, on the website uh, but we thank god for your faithfulness amen it's easy to give when we remind ourselves that the glory of god lives on the inside of us amen uh, it's just good to give to the lord to be a blessing to him uh, and so let's thank the lord for the opportunity to give so father we thank you 
the opportunity to give, uh, Father, a small portion of our lives, Father, to, to the work of your kingdom. And it's an honor, Father, that you've prospered us and that we can give back to you with thankfulness, uh, appreciating all the wonderful things you've done for us. So, Father, by faith we give. We thank you, Father, as we give, that the ministry will have all the funds that it needs to accomplish your plan and, and work in the earth. Uh, and, Father, by giving uh, through faith, we thank you that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give into our bosom. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And then, uh, uh, and we'll go ahead after the, re- after the offering is received. We'll go ahead and, and bless the food so that we can set the tables up and then, uh, and then go ahead and eat after that. And uh, anybody check the temperature uh, since uh, we had service? I'm not, you know, I'm fine. Okay, you been, why have you been looking at your phone? I thought we was at service, right? <laughs> uh, that was a setup there, right there, right? Uh, oh, yeah, they said that, uh, 15 minutes ago it's going to be uh, 70 degrees. Like, well, why are you looking at your phone? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, but let's pray and we'll thank the Lord for food today. So, Father, we thank you for the food today. We thank you, Father, that uh, it's such a blessing to gather together as your people in fellowship. We thank you for this food, Father. And according to your word, Lord, we declare it blessed and sanctified in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's eat.